So Ben, we are at podcast eight. Number eight. Number eight. You weren't in all of them, but you were in most of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in all but one so far. Yeah. There's going to be a lot that I'm not in coming coming up here pretty soon. Uh, I don't know about that. You're pretty catchy. You're a pretty cool guy. What does that have to do with pretty it? Pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so we left our daughters, um, at home to do a podcast and our daughter is completely hooked to on Downton Abbey. Yes, Papa. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically the one that already has speaks with, um, she's very, she's very uh, I was going to say formal. grammar. Yeah, formal is the right, because the grammar's not it. It's No, she's, she's very formal. She calls me father. <laughs> father. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be even worse after yes. she finishes, because she's been binge-watching it for like two weeks. Forever. It no, feels it's like only forever. been like two weeks, because there's only four or five seasons. No, there's six. Isn't there six seasons? Uh, I don't remember. It seems like they just go on forever, because <laughs> it's just a very long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the show is, is high British conversation. Well, but what's funny is I I introduced her to it kind of thinking, I don't know. I said, I said, hey, girls, I have no idea whether you're going to be interested in this or not. So I turned it on and I, I kind of I kind of went, they're not going to be interested. And then all of a sudden I come in and she's watching like the third episode. <laughs> it's funny and to me totally that, into it. that that show and many shows like it are so successful. Uh, and I'm speaking for myself too, because I actually got really into it. You and did. I, I don't know why, <laughs> because seriously, it's I just know. really fancy people talking. But that's what it is. It's fancy people, and we're so not fancy. Yeah, so it I is so different. But I don't want to be fancy. It's not like I'm watching it going, "Oh man, I wish I could be fancy." Yeah. It's yeah. like it's snobbery. It is, <laughs> especially Mary. Yeah, uh, the the oldest daughter. The oldest daughter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm sure you that love actress, her. Sometimes you can't stand her. I'm it's sure just, that actress is fine, but she's one of those actresses where I have a hard time separating the role from the real life person. Right, right. So every time I see her, you know, on like photos or the news or whatever, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, she's such a snob. <laughs> <laughs> She's but I'm sure not. that's how, uh, what's his name, who played Harry Potter feels, that he's always going to be Harry Potter. Right. Right. Well, I do think that that is a scary thing for actors, um, that they can be typecast. I mean, remember when we were, we were, I was reading up on, again, of course, because I do all of the reading up on the behind the scenes kind of stuff. Uh, I was reading up on Alan Rickman. He was like nervous to do Die Hard. Because he felt like he would always play the bad guy. <laughs> and he did. But he was like the best bad but guy. But he was the bad guy that you just absolutely loved in everything. Yeah, only Hans Gruber could be as bad as he was in that movie, but you still like the guy. I know. You still really like the guy. Well, I mean, I remember reading, again, for Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves with uh, Kevin Costner. I remember reading that they actually they did the they did the whole movie, they did everything with Alan Rickman, and then they got to the editing room floor, and basically they were like, you know they basically had to cut out 
so much of what Alan Rickman did because it became the Alan Rickman Yeah, he kind of stole the show, right? It should have been called the Sheriff of Nottingham show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that Kevin Costner did that whole movie with an American accent. Oh, that's what everybody says. But let me tell you, we've watched that a zillion times Come on, and just never fake ever the cared. Accent. I mean, even if it's a let bad accent. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right now I'm working on the audio books for the podcast, the Audible books. So you know, we did this whole thing where I thought we were going to have somebody else that's a true actor come this in. This is for your novels. For my books, right? And so I thought there was there was going to be somebody else to come in and and um, at true actors. And I even I even contacted a couple of my close friends to have them audition for the publisher and all of close this. Close friends who are actors. Yeah, close friends who oh, are okay. actors. Well, because I did I was in acting for a little while, a short blip in my life of five years in uh in LA and I I I still am super close to some of those even though I'd never see them and and all that I'm still I still feel super close to a lot of those actors that I I met and were friends but I had a couple of them actually audition for the the audible book and what's funny is they did amazing you heard Mm-hmm. You heard one of them and it and she did amazing. Uh, but it really got down to, um, in my books, there's so many different accents. Right. And so then the publisher was like, and, and because there's so many different names that I wrote, um, that I kind of created, uh, and, and then there's a different language. And so, you know, honestly, it got down to the publisher looking at me and going, I really want you to do it because I, because the author knows everything. The author knows how they, how they expected it. The words they are saying, she was like, I know you did, uh, acting for a little bit. I'm like, uh, not that kind. So See, I, I listen to more audiobooks than you do. And yeah, there's one in particular. I listened to Frankenstein last year and uh, I mean, I'm sure that whoever read it, I'm forgetting his name cause I don't really care about names. But I think <laughs> I think he's a big, like a famous person. Okay. Who read Frankenstein, and um, who narrated it? And he, every time he spoke for the woman's part, yeah, he did this like, eh, oh dear, and it was like, <laughs> it was so off-putting to me. You couldn't listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I did, but it bugged me the whole time. Yeah. Um, even his like uh, his mon- his his creature voice was like this tortured voice oh, and it yeah. bothered me. It's yeah. like, dude, just read the book. Right. Like we, we can use our brains well, to picture what it is. So I, yeah. I don't like it when you throw in all these different accents and different voices in, well, in audiobooks. <laughs> and that's my personal preference. No. And I appreciate that preference because that, <laughs> because when you and I talked about it, I think it kind of gave me it gave me the ability to just make a choice. And my choice was in one scene, you have somebody who's, who's Irish. You have somebody who's uh, Japanese. You have somebody who's, because my biggest thing in my books is I wanted to be as diverse as possible. And like, I always picture if it's ever made into a movie, I want to be able to have as diverse a cast as possible. Well, and, and these are ancient people that have right. come from all over the world. And some of the main characters, I want them to be able to, to be, um, yeah, just completely all over the place in diversity. So what's funny is though, because of that in one conversation, I can have 
four different accents that you're supposed to be doing. And genders. And genders. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that just, it's, to me, like I said, it's so distracting. Well, so what I ended up doing for anybody who's going to actually listen to the Audible, um, Audible books is I actually ended up just deciding to read it with, uh, just read it with intention, read it with character. And, uh, I didn't want to, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to insult anybody. I just picture you with- reading for the male roles, like, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to do this low voice. It just doesn't no, work. I did try to put little different inflections and things like that because you do end up having conversation where you've got I mean, where they don't say he says, she says, right? And so you have to kind of make it a little different. But you know what? I'm sorry. But nowadays... You don't have to be sorry. Nowadays, <laughs> if you have to listen to your books, you shouldn't complain. Why are you saying that? Well, Everybody does audible books. It, it used to be that you read the books. I know. So we're kind of cheating, and I'm I'm one of them. I like to I listen gonna to say, audio books. I was going to say, you do not read books I like to listen to audiobooks because I have most of the time, most of my free time is just driving in my, in my truck on my way to work. Right. So, but I'm just glad to be hearing the story. And, and we're read to from very young age. Like, it's not like my mom when she was reading me Goodnight Moon. Yeah. She wasn't like reading me different voices. Right. You know? So, all that to say, I get when he, cause that goes back to what we were talking about before, which was Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, not having an accent. I'm like, now that's a little bit different, but I will say <laughs> that I did not want to insult anybody with a bad accent. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. You don't like, want to insult I don't wanna, an entire culture. No, I didn't want to insult anybody. I just wanted to put a good audible book out there. So if anybody listens to the audible book, just know this is not my job. This um, is not what I normally do, but what's, I what's the I did it. What's the guy's name who was Kevin Costner's brother in Robin Hood? Uh, uh Christian Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Even Christian Slater <laughs> did an English <laughs> accent in that movie. <laughs> I so <laughs> what, at what point I think did that Kevin, Kevin Costner, really went. Oh, I'm doing this poorly. I need to. You just know, stop. you're a big actor when you can be playing Robin Hood. In like the 1200 AD England. And I know. And do it with an American accent. And, and the director's th- like, yes, this is good. <laughs> we, can, we can pull this off. Well, let me tell you, I went and saw that in the movie theater like eight times. Well, it was, I loved them. As a kid, I didn't even notice no. that he didn't have an English accent. Well, because he kind I was of, a dumb little he kid. He kind of did it like Ross and Friends. He kind of went he in and kind out. Of, he kind of, remember when Ross and friends, he, he's teaching a class and for some reason he accidentally starts with a bad, or with an accent. With, an, with a British accent. With a British accent. And so then everybody's sitting around, they're like, what should you do? Like, oh, just start fading out. Yeah, he so just tries he, to fade it out. He starts, he starts fading out in that one scene. <laughs> and it just kind of goes poorly. And he's like, are there any questions? And somebody goes, <laughs> What's going on with your accent? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I mean, you know, I, there was something about Kevin Costner during that time. I mean, that was during the time of, that was right out or right before, no, after Dances with Wolves. I don't know the the succession of these movies. Um, oh man, Bodyguard. 
You know what? I, mean, I the difference between you and me uh-huh. and actors. Is There's a lot of differences between you and me <laughs> when it comes to what we're talking about. Okay. I don't want to know the actor's personal lives. Like, I don't care who Brad Pitt's married to. Okay. I don't care, you know, if... uh, He's not married at the moment. I don't care. (laughs) Because I'm not interested in who they are as a person. I'm interested in the roles they play. Of course. So for somebody like me, who's extremely judgmental, (laughs) if somebody's like... And if... if somebody's having You like, are not extremely judgmental. Let me <laughs> jump in right there. You are not. I let me let me put it this way. If I hear something about a certain actor and then a movie comes out with them, it's gonna taint the way I see the movie. Because I no longer see their role, I just see them. There are as those the actor. And to be fair, there are those actors that can can literally uh become the role. Right. And you, you never see that actor acting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, those, uh, what, what's the one guy? What's oh, the one guy? Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, shut up. <laughs> he's, he's a method actor. No. Never what's, know that that guy's in the movie. What until. is, uh, what's the, what's the one guy, um, that's in everything? Uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. You and I talk about him all the time. That guy, I don't care he's what he's doing. You don't know it's him. And you know what? I know nothing about his personal life. I think he, I don't even know where he's from. Does nope. he have, a, like, I don't know if he's American or English. I don't either. Or he could be German. I don't think I, anybody, I don't know. here's the thing. I don't think anybody wants to know about his life. <laughs> yeah. Is he a real person? He's a real person. And I don't think anybody cares about his real life in general. So he's yeah. not a paparazzi figure. You know why the ones that get the paparazzi following them are that way. I just, I don't care about the the um, celebrity aspect of it. I know. I just, I want to be able to watch the movie. I'm the kid that went to Disneyland. You know this about me. Yes, I'm the I kid do. that went to Disneyland and I saw robots. I didn't see like imaginary creatures. You saw like, plastic. I saw, yeah, when you went to the country bears, I saw these like cheesy robot bears. Well, those were cheesy robot bears, but I just, they- I, I have a hard time even as a kid, like having that imagination of like really being immersed in something yeah. and believing it. Yeah. Um, and so I think it, it plays into that, that like if, if I have too much information about the people I'm looking at, I can't, I like get distracted, you know? Right. Well, we are definitely, I mean, we definitely watch tons of movies. So it's, you know, we are definitely into movies and I don't want to ruin your... You know who did a good job for me, even though I usually get distracted by him just recently? Um, I don't know his real name. Oh, well... <laughs> but I know the role he played on Twilight was Edward. Oh. <laughs> um, and he just played the Batman. Yes. Uh, people may disagree, but I actually was able to believe him as the Batman. He did a good job Which as ba- I did not the Batman. Because I just pictured Edward. Well, now you've said Edward, and now, now I can't even think of his name. It doesn't matter. Well, whatever. Yeah, he did do a good job. He yeah. did do a good job. It's it, it, because they were able to kind of take that part of him that's really emo and, and kind of play on that. Well, Batman's emo, right? Yeah. Well, is emo still a thing? Is I that, don't know. Is emo, that was kind of like a. 
Is that a 90s reference? No, emo was like after, in our age, it was goth. You were goth. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it evolved into emo. Yeah. And I don't know what it is now because we're too old to be hip. (laughs) Hey, speak for yourself. That's funny. Um, Well, what what were we going to talk about today? Were we talking about movies? No. But I just thought it was interesting that our daughter was super into into Downton Abbey. Oh, and I yeah. do like We to went from Downton Abbey to the Batman. <laughs> well, we do tend to do that. By way of Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner, well, Yellowstone is amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, Kevin Costner keeps going. He just never stops. He's getting, he's getting older, which um, obviously. We all are. But he's like losing his voice. Yeah, I don't He's know like if that's a choice now. or yeah. like, does he really talk like that or did maybe something he'll be the next to... Batman? <laughs> oh my gosh, he'll have that Batman. No, raspy he voice. would make a no, no. That was funny because that would remember when we were watching Terminator after um, Christian Bale was Batman, and he was in Terminator, and we were like, he has the Christian same... Bale was in Terminator. Yeah. Why don't I remember this? I don't know because you're Ben and you don't remember these things. <laughs> anyway, he did Terminator right after. And um, he, the funny thing is, is we were talking about it and he still had the Batman the rasp. Yeah, 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 yeah. The ba- the Batman rasp, growly, growly thing hmm. going on. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should like slowly start becoming more gravelly in my voice. Why? I mean, it already is. It's kind of froggy. <laughs> Maybe instead of froggy, I can be more like gravelly and mysterious. Please don't ever do that. That would be you know? intense and horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can pull that off. That's funny. Well, no, what I was going to talk about today is actually, it came from something a friend said just recently um, when we were at lunch this week. And she was talking about... Um, we were talking about a lot of different things and we were talking about how, you know, she is a psychologist and she was talking about why she actually doesn't do uh, marriage therapy. She doesn't do uh, relationship therapy. Okay. So, and I asked her, I was like, why, you know, why don't you do, why don't you do that? And she said, uh, you know, she said a couple of different things and I won't, I won't, you know, nothing personal. It wasn't anything. It wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't like a, a she just really likes the one-on-one. Right. Okay. Um, which I understand. Um, but one thing she said was, you know, um, a lot of people, there are, there is a, there's a certain um, amount of people that really believe in, in that people should not stay together if they're unhappy. Oh, (laughs) you got to be specific. You're like, people should just not stay together. And I'm no. thinking, okay, when is our turn? <laughs> no, I, what, I just, are, what are we leading into? I here? just left a little bit of space and you jumped on it. I said that they, some people, that if they're in an unhappy marriage, that they shouldn't stay together. Yeah, but what? Or should they? What d- determines a, an unhappy marriage? I mean, you go through times where you're kind of unhappy like you go through ups and downs in life so if you bailed at every time that you're unhappy nothing would ever last well I do think that's interesting I was talking to a lady uh many years ago who who she mentioned that um had she known that men go through 
or women go through certain times in their lives and everybody does mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have actually gotten out of her first marriage. Yeah. She said that she would have actually tried harder for her her first marriage, but she was so thrown off by this her husband's just kind of change in life and just change in thought process and and everything that it just threw her off and she didn't um uh, it scared her and she was like I can't be married to this you know mm-hmm. I can't be and and what's interesting is is she quickly got out of that and everything and then remarried and then she ended up in a marriage where she found that very similar issues the grass is always greener on the other side well, but that leads me to, after having this conversation with this person, um, with with my friend this week, and we were talking about that, I kind of went through this whole process of really thinking about it, and and I think that the 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 thing I wanted to talk about was actually reoccurring arguments, and how and the thing that got me thinking about what that was the story I just told about my friend who who had this relationship got out of the marriage then found that this the her second husband they went through the same kinds of things and actually she came to the conclusion that she was actually a factor in some of the process yeah she's the common denominator in that correct now it wasn't at least to some degree yeah it wasn't all but at the same time I think what it comes down to is that if you are not a healthy person yourself then it doesn't matter what relationship, whether it be marriage, whether it be it be boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it be a sibling, whether it be, you know, I don't know, parent relationship, child relationship, any of those relationships, it doesn't work unless you are healthy yourself, but specifically significant others because you have to spend so much time together and you have to deal with so many things together. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I just, I mean... You and I have some experience. We're not ancient yet. No. We don't have like 50 years below our, our belts. Below our belts? Mm, I don't know. In our hey, pockets? you're doing it now. No, you're rubbing <laughs> off on me. No, we don't have like 50 years of a marriage, So, but I can comment on 20 years, and that is that we've gone through ups and downs, not, not necessarily with each other, but just life's challenges. Yeah. There's There was a period of time where... I got laid off yeah. and I couldn't find a job for a while. And that was really hard on me. That was really hard. Um, Let's not skip over that really quick. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing because that they, you know, in all of the, in all of the factors, number one problems with, with marriage usually, or with relationships is money. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and roles. And roles. So like, uh, you know, when I lost my job and I had our time, it was during the um, economic crisis of 2008. The 2008, yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people can relate. But, you know, uh, for me, the my job or my success, I was measuring by um, how good I was doing in my relationship. Right. Did I say that right? I don't know. Um. In other words, I felt like since I couldn't provide for my family, I felt like a loser. <laughs> I felt like a piece of crap. So it affected the way I just viewed life. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like nothing major. 
But, no, but you were definitely. But it was definitely I, a struggle. Yeah, uh, yeah for I mean, some I time. definitely remember for for a, for a while because because the the crash in two thousand eight, it affected so many different people, and it didn't affect us for a short period of time. It's just like the pandemic. It it's it, we're still seeing the ramifications of the pandemic. Same thing went for the 2008. We saw the ramifications of the 2008 crash for years. Mm -hmm. And you and I specifically, we had two very small children. You got, you got the, and it wasn't, it wasn't anything you did. It was just the, the man who owned the business had to shut down other uh, the stores and he shut down your store. Yeah. So you were out of business and we were, we were kind of like, okay, what do we do? So through the next few years though, we saw the ramifications of the 2008 crash because then even where we were living at the time didn't have any jobs to offer you. Right. So you ended up doing substituting for that time yeah which was you know a fun experience um but yeah you had at a great the time, time it's like you know i'm i had to come to with to terms with i was always an excellent student um i went all the way through grad school and i was always told even as a young man that as a as a boy that oh ben you have such a hard work you have such a good work ethic uh you're smart you're gonna like do Kill things it. you yeah. know and I haven't done things. And that was, I had to come with, to terms. You have done things. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had to realize after some time what my priorities, really what mattered. Mm -hmm. And really what mattered is I measured, I learned to measure my success based on my relationship with my wife and how my kids were turning out. So we invested ourselves in each other versus just the pursuit of a career and money. Um, but it, took a toll there was a time frame where it was just a challenge and you and I weren't being challenged in our relationship right it was like the outside forces were having an effect on, on us. you so, so I guess my, the reason I brought it up yeah is because like I was I wouldn't say I was unhappy but I was going through a funk yeah you were you know? going through a rough time and, rightfully so and that could have made you go through a funk and my point is that if we decided, oh, I'm not happy. Right. And we just decided to end it. What would that have solved? Right. That's dumb. Yeah. Like you throw away the one good thing you have because other stuff is falling to pieces. Yeah. So I guess my point is that like, yes, I'm sure that there's plenty of cases where people are very unhappy and there's no way to solve it. Right. So they bail and that's, <clears throat> that's understandable. But I just don't want to like be teaching people to jump the gun. Right. You know, but I think you and I also have a different perspective as well. So, and we can only speak from our perspective and our perspective is that you and I both went through, um, divorces. We, uh, both of our parents are divorced Yeah. and, and yours happened when you were a child. Mine happened when I was, it was my senior year in high school. Right. And the divorce for us was kind of a factor of, oh yeah, we're never going to do that to our kids because I, most of my crap comes from during that time for don't sure. You think, don't you think most people that come from a broken home go into a marriage saying, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then statistically they do, I think they end up doing it. Right. So that's always in the back of my mind because 
I definitely don't want to put my kids through that. Right. But I also realize that it's not like you can just make that decision and make it work. Like that means you have to want to stay with me and I can't control that. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't make you stay with me. Correct. All I can do is try my best to love you and support you. And hopefully you still like me in another 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Well, I think that leads into uh, number one has to be commitment from both. There has to be a commitment from both. And so I think that, I think that when you go down to it or you get down to it, um, sometimes that's not the case. And so, you know, if you have, if you have people that are completely on different sides of the spectrum, you can't continue to work on a marriage alone. You have to work on a marriage together. Right. And one of the things is, is we've always been really big on communication and having that time together. You and I have always made sure that every week we spend quality time together. That's just what we do. You know, we, we've made sure to, do, to make that happen. We're doing it right now, doing this podcast. I know. And we're having conversations. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like, uh, you know, 20 years down the road. Yeah. We're not going to have anything to talk about. Really? Because we're going to be like, you're going to bring up a subject. I'm going to be like, um, just look back at uh, season three, episode 12. Oh. <laughs> We've already talked about that. Well, there's no way that we can remember everything we talk about. So hopefully people will give us the grace on that um, one. I I thought about that too. You know, it's going to be interesting because I, I sometimes get those, I'm going to totally digress. Oh, okay. We're moving on. We're, we're getting too serious. So <laughs> I need to change it up. Chandler. Um, Sometimes I get a Facebook post that it's like a um, 10 years ago today. Yes. And it's a post that I wrote. And it's like, why did I write that? I've totally done that. I don't agree with that Me anymore. either. That's so weird that I would have written that. What was I thinking? Yeah. So I wonder if in 10 years we're going to listen to these recordings. We're going to think who the And I'm going to do like people? a facepalm because I said something so dumb. <laughs> And that's because you change. You do. You should change. Yeah. But uh, what's cool is we're recording this for posterity and we can never live it down because it's going out into the public. I don't understand that sentence that you just <laughs> said. <laughs> it's on public record. Uh, it is. But so... It, was that the digress? Were you actually leading me out of that conversation because you didn't like it? No, I, I think that where my mind was going is that you change over time. And oh, you're being it, you're being smart. Am I? I don't know. <laughs> I'm asking. Um, no, I'm just thinking that like, you know, if, if you're going to be in something for the long run, yes, to me, like marriage to or me, like it relationships, was like, it was like, okay, we, we were married for a year, whoop de doo. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. You. Hey, for some people, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> and then I remember, um, and I'm just going to speak very frankly. I remember when we reached our like 11 or 12. Yeah. And I realized that we reached the time that my parents were married. Right. And I was like, well, that wasn't so hard. Right. Like, what was the big deal? Yep. You guys couldn't last longer than this. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, we're on our 21st year uh, this this month, in a few days. Yeah. Is our 21-year anniversary. Correct. And um, pretty soon we're going to be reaching the 25-year mark. 
which is like the big one. Which is where my parents Because that's ended. where <laughs> everyone's parents got divorced. You know? Yeah. Like my parents got divorced pretty early compared to a lot of my friends. Yeah. But eventually all their parents got divorced too. Right. And it was right around <laughs> their 25 year. Yeah. Because the kids are grown. They've left the house and the parents are like, finally, we don't have to be together anymore well, and keep this ruse up. I remember, I remember you, I remember you talking about how you felt like you were cursed because (laughs) everyone that was around their parents got divorced. (laughs) It's like, is it me? Of course I I personalized it. Of course. You know, it it was totally me. Yeah. No, had nothing to do with you, but I do remember you saying that because your parents had divorced and then your, your best friend's parents had divorced as soon as you moved in. And then your other best friend's parents. Then I got together with you. Then you got together with me. My parents were divorcing. Yours were already divorcing. So I, I can't take credit for that one. That's true. That's true. You cannot take yeah. credit for that one. No, it turns out, um, turns out just a lot of people get divorced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's true. But that's why we're here because we want to put good stuff out into the world and we want to help people and we want to help ourselves. Even just doing something like this together, I think that's very smart of you to because this is fun for us to do stuff like this and to and to communicate. And I do think that number one, communication is the key in relationships. And if you're only doing it one sided, that's not going to work. So two people yeah, have to be communicating. And that's I think that's my I, I didn't finish what I was saying, like oh, about okay. staying together for whatever. Yeah. In order to make the long haul. Right. You know, because there's some people that get a divorce after like 50 years. Right. It's like, seriously, (laughs) what are you going to do? I know. What are you going to do now? You're 70. I know. And you're going to be single hitting the bars. Hey, hey, let's not be so hard on them. No, no, no. I'm I'm sure (laughs) there are plenty of people that have good reason for it. But I guess my point is that like in order to make the long haul, um, you have to change with each other yeah you or do. you have to be able to accept how that person is changing and of course it's so it, it's so dynamic because life throws all these curveballs absolutely right yeah so you know let's say you like you lost your dad um, yeah. your dad passed away when um we were like 25 and 24 that was a huge trauma because mm-hmm. we were pregnant with our first And, you know, that's the kind of thing that can cause somebody to change dramatically and it can affect their relationships. Absolutely. You know, or somebody losing a child. Yeah. Or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you can change so much with those things that happen in your life that you either have to accept that you're going to change together or work through those changes and that's why I think it's so rare for people to stay together their whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. Because life is so hard. Life is very difficult. And I think that's, but that leads me into why, what I was saying in the first place. I think that the number one thing that you and I have always remembered is that, and people are going to be like, what? But like, this is true. Uh, if I was on my own and I did not have you, I do believe I would be okay and I would be and I am because I am a solid person and if 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 you did not have me you would be okay because you are be right because we've worked through some of those things right so so it is about kind of working through um some of those 
those life things separately, but also together. So that's the hard part is, is everybody either wants to do all or nothing, right? And, and really it's about working on yourself also on the outside. Yeah. You know, because if you're, if I just feel like there's so many things, like for example, what I was saying before about that friend who realized when she got married for the second time and she found that she was a common denominator in things. She found that she was responding to things the same way. She was, she was having the same arguments than that she was in the first marriage. Probably money. Probably, <laughs> right? Because that's what everybody fights about. Yeah. But Money, I, time. Yeah. So it is interesting because I think that that's why is, is when, you go into, when you go into any relationship, if you need that other person to make you happy, if you need that other person to make you whole, we are in it for the wrong purpose. If you need, do you get what, get what I'm saying? I do, but I do need you to make me whole. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't understand. I have to go there because I'm so dead inside. Why do you say that? that? You are not dead inside. I'm such a cold person that if I don't remind myself that I need you, I'll start believing that I really don't. <laughs> 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 and I can't and, allow my... It's end like of a, podcast no, 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 forever. I, you need to understand there's this... There's this there's this like epic battle going on in my head <laughs> constantly about um, you're awesome versus you are the most pathetic loser <laughs> I've ever met to okay. dude, you like, you should just do everything on your own versus you are the luckiest person alive. <laughs> I think have, that's very normal. Is it? Good. I do. Because like I feel, sometimes I feel insane. Oh no. <laughs> I just, I mask it really well because I learned how to mask things as a boy. I just hide it all. I tuck it in deep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Literally everything that I have tried in the last few years to teach people not to do. No, I just like shove, I just, I just brush it right under the rug. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is not true. You need to stop because you, no, that is not, not true. I'm, I'm mostly joking. You are so, you're all about being comedy. You no, but stinker. I, okay. So let's go back to where we were serious. Um, <laughs> where? I do feel like I, yeah. I do need you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're my, you're my other half. You're, yeah. you're my, you're my world, you know, like I don't, I don't do anything really without you or without considering you yeah so okay that's to be like oh i don't need her is i know that's not what you're saying i'm yeah, just going that's, extreme but i but that it, it's not what i'm saying in a way because the fact is is that that's a part of of relationships that is important is recognizing that um you do have to take everybody else's or you, you do have to take your significant other's needs and desires um you need to care about them 
and you need to make sure that that you do communicate. But that's all coming down to communication. And you and I, for years, have had to work on that. There I'm were a, times. I'm a terrible communicator. <laughs> what? No, you're not. It's it's funny because I feel like I've I've actual I have actual like education, like real education about communicating. Yes, that was part of my master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, like. I, People are, I'll say something and it's like, it doesn't come across. Like it happens to you sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, am I just really bad at this? And I just, I'm, I've been like fooling myself this whole time. No, I don't think so. I just think that we, it takes some time. I think that. Have you ever I, been speaking to somebody and like, it's like, you're not even there. It's like, you're invisible. <laughs> like you say a whole <laughs> sentence and they just talk right over you. <laughs> no. It's like, man, am I just really bad? Maybe I'm boring. Oh, I'm sure we've all been, I'm sure we've all been there, but I'm trying to get to some very specifics here. (laughs) If you can let me for a second, number one communication, right? And that's the biggest thing in the, and, and, but we need to talk, talking about communication is giving very specific examples and the re and where I started in this whole process was talking about reoccurring fights. Right, we and have, you have, we have you and I have had few. those. Yeah, yeah. We In fact, have, our only fights are the reoccurring ones. Yeah, and and I think as we get older, we kind of look at each other and go, you know what? We've been having this for twenty years. It's clearly not going to get better. So I run the line of how much do you actually uh, uh, beat? I'm going to ruin that. <laughs> saying <laughs> kill it i want to hear i want to hear what you say it's gonna no. be hilarious no i don't want to beat, beat a, a dead horse hey is that right yeah you beat a dead horse okay how many how much do you actually beat the dead horse <laughs> <laughs> well i start with the hooves <laughs> <laughs> and how much do you realize that because I do believe that there is there is a sense that everything always needs to be per- perfect in a relationship for some people. And that's, that's definitely going to fail. That's going to fail every time. So you have to really kind of dig in and kind of find those things that, hey, is this going to be something that I can that we can work through? Is this something that we're going to be able to? And granted, there are some pretty heavy duty things out there, right? Um, but we're talking about just the, we're talking about we're not very talking mini- about abuse. No, we're not talking about the very, very, we, we're talking about just relationships that are, that are the typical relationships of y- you to normal some functioning people, people, for example, some people are naggers. Yes. And some people are not. <laughs> some people are really messy and, and some, some people, people are, not. are not. Some people spend a lot of money and some people don't. Some people spend way too much talking about work. And some people and don't some talk about work enough. <laughs> some people want to wake up early on Saturday and immediately go out to breakfast. Okay, now we're starting to get personal. <laughs> <laughs> and some people just want to relax on Saturday mornings because they never get to stay at home and just drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> You know what's funny about our our <laughs> endless like we have these these long lasting arguments that we've never settled. 
<laughs> we should just come up with a with like a word where like mistletoe. It, it, it yeah, like something referencing four Christmases. Of a, course, a movie. <laughs> um, we should come up with a word where it immediately takes us out of the funk. Because I know for a fact that when we're arguing about something, we're to me, it's not, I'm not really mad at the thing that we're arguing about. I'm just either hungry or tired or annoyed and i just need the time to get over it well we're yeah. not going to solve the problem i, I just it. need a little bit of time to get over it so it's we need to just be like mistletoe and Correct. leave like go our separate ways and come back in like 20 minutes and just get over it but i love that you said that because that is number 1 i wanted to give i wanted to to give the rules that we've kind of set for ourselves and we actually already kind of do that we both have come to the conclusion that there are times like number one, rule number one, you never, ever, ever fight when you are tired. Or hungry. I don't care about this. What's this whole thing? Remember that whole thing of like, you never go to sleep Never angry. go to bed. Never let the sun set on your anger. I think that's biblical. Okay. Well, whatever. But I'm just saying like, for you and I, like, <clears throat> when we fight when we're tired... And I'm not saying that because we don't go to bed angry. We no, always... usually the way to solve it is I have to pretend like I'm not mad anymore <laughs> and kiss you and be like, I love you. And then I roll over and you're I'm pretending. still super pissed. <laughs> I'm just a really good actor. <laughs> no, you're not. So I know that's not true. Um, no, but number one is, is never fight when you're super hungry or when you're super tired. That's yeah. just that's just setting yourself up for failure. That's Sometimes just somebody just needs to to be the big boy or the big girl, and be like, you know what, we're just tired. Let's just shut up <laughs> yeah. and get over it. Then there's also the you know I I also think again, you know, you and I have dealt with uh like what's one of the reoccur let's go through what's one of the reoccurring fights we've had. Oh God, I don't know. That's the that's the funny thing. I know. I don't that even is remember them thing. until we do it. That's number two. That was honestly when I, what I was thinking of number two was that you you can't take each other too seriously all the time. Like I feel like when sometimes when I'm talking to re, to people in relationships, the thing that I just try and express to them, and that's why I wanted to even create a podcast where we could talk about relationships and heavy stuff. We're going to talk about heavy stuff. Sure. Um, we already do, babe. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, but what I like about it is we need to also talk about it in a way that we can laugh about it too, because that helps our emotion move forward. We need to be able to deal with the things that we're dealing with, but also deal with it in a way that it's can be sometimes lighthearted. And sometimes you, I just think that people take themselves way too seriously. So people get very sensitive yeah. in a fight. Right. And so then you get into the spiral of everything somebody is saying is against you on the defense. And sometimes it, the, the person, there are people that in, you've got one side that is against you and you've got one side that's like taking everything that you're as though you're against them. Yeah. You know, um, I was challenged recently by my boss. He said, don't let, don't get offended. Right. Like when you, when you allow yourself to be offended, that's when you start getting defensive. 
and right. you start um, telling yourself stories and you start judging that person. Um, if you can figure out how to be, how to avoid being offended, which is really hard mm -hmm. for people who are easily offended, um, speaking from experience, um, it's, it's, I have to like constantly remind myself that uh, that person is just being an idiot right now. <laughs> and I don't want to get, I don't want to get even more into, you're just basically putting yourself even more into the, you're, you're putting your hand in the trap. Mm -hmm. That's the analogy that he used. You know, when you, when you take offense to something, uh, you're giving that person the power and you're joining in, you're putting your hand in the trap. Right. Another person that we know well used the analogy of, um, it's like peanut butter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if somebody's covered in peanut butter, you know, don't don't get peanut butter on yourself. Well, like that's as soon a whole as you thing. Touch, yeah. As soon as you touch the peanut butter, then it starts to spread on you, and you're soon you're covered in the peanut butter yeah. too. Like, don't get into the drama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that um, has really been one of the things that I, I feel like has been really helpful in not taking offense from people. Is that right? Taking offense, like I'm not taking, I'm not being offended by them. Right. Right. Um, one of the things that I have really worked on for, cause I used to be the kind of person that was uh, like, uh, I would always be offended always when I was a kid. I think that's, that's a normal trait for young people. I do too. It's I do an too. Insecurity thing. And as I got older, as I got older and, and throughout high school and everything, it started to kind of make its way out of me. Right. But, uh, but even in, but when you're in a serious relationship, you, it, it's easier to become offended by things because you get so close. You're constantly spending time with each, each other. But one of the things that I always remind myself is every single person in a fight wants to be heard, right? And what we do is when we're both angry and we're both, we're, we talk over each other or we, you know, but we, or I should say not we, but people talk over each other and they stop listening to each other. And I do think that that's one thing you and I, we don't, we try not to do that anymore. We try to give people the time to talk and we try to not talk over them. Mm. It doesn't always work, but we, that is one thing that we always try and do. And the, it's really difficult because you're, going to find yourself getting offended or something like that. But the fact of the matter is, is everybody has the right to their own story. And that is one thing that has been very big in the last few years that I've been trying to help people understand and teach people is that everybody has the right to their own story. And everybody's story is vividly cover colored by their experience their childhood, their teenagehood, their life, and their traumas, their joys. Everybody is, co is colored in that. And so when you're in a relationship and you have this argument happening, it is really important. It's so hard, but it is really important that no matter the anger that is welling up inside of you, the person in front of you is, is, is more apt to give you the respect and the, and the time you deserve if you give them the respect and the time they deserve. 
in order to explain their story and the way their story comes out. And that's why that's why the longstanding thing for counselors and, and therapists and everything has always been when you say your part, you say, I feel as though this is what's happening. This is how I'm experiencing it. How do you experience this? Right? That's the that's the funkiest thing to me is you your reality is different than my reality. Right. And we're sitting in this room right now doing this podcast. We're literally existing in the exact same space right now. Right. But I'm experiencing my own reality and you're experiencing your own reality. For all I know, you're surrounded in the color purple. <laughs> and there's like, you know, it's like The movie The Color Purple? <laughs> is that Is that a movie? That's a movie. <laughs> Oh, with that's Oprah Winfrey. That's not what I was referencing. No, I, I what I'm saying is like your experience, even right now, is different than my experience. Yeah. Even though we're in the same conversation together. So what you're saying is that person, their uh, perception of the situation is different. Correct. Than, than yours when you're in a fight. Um. So it's important to listen to that, to understand where they're coming from. That's what you're saying? Uh, That's what I'm saying. And the biggest thing is that I love you. Of course I want to know why you experience that the way you're experiencing it. That changed a lot for me. What about what if it's a person you don't love, though? Uh, That's, That's hard, isn't it? Like if you're just talking to like a a coworker or no, like you don't care at all about them. Well, it depends on whether you truly want to get through the conversation or not. I think that it's really important. Yeah, that's a good point. This has to be somebody that's in a relationship. It has to be somebody that you that you're either going to work next to, and you really need to figure it out. If you can just walk away, just walk away from toxic people. People. Yeah. That's that. I mean, that will always remain true. You do not have to love everybody, and not and and not everybody has to get along. Even though in my world, I want everybody to get along, (laughs) but. That is the truth is that if it, it, I have had toxic people in my life that I had to say, you know what, it's probably best if we just live a little separate and that's okay. You you know, you don't have to be in a relationship with everyone. This we're specifically talking about people who have good relationships, but they really struggle at communicating. And this is the factor, right? And we, it's important that we always remember Like I think about you and you're telling me your story, and this has happened before, where I hear your side of the story, I didn't see it that way at all, because I literally was looking through the eyes of going, oh, that's not how I said it, but yet when you tell me- But that's how I received it. Yes, and when you tell me how you received it, I go, oh, that makes, because I've tried to get to know you so well, including all of your past including all of your triggers, including all of the things that you are really sensitive about, then I start to understand. I go, oh, gotcha. So that leads to the third thing, right? The third thing is that it is important to allow your spouse to have sensitive moments. And it is important to have, to understand and know and have conversations when you're not angry about 
certain people's sensitivities. Why are you sensitive towards that? What happened? What, why, is, why does that spark that kind of sensitive response, right? So it, it's interesting because <clears throat> I, think that, I think that all of this basically comes down to communication. And over the years, you should recognize when you, like you and I both have sensitive subjects. Yeah, most definitely. And you know mine. I have some major buttons. You, you know what's weird though is like, I don't realize I have those buttons until they're pushed. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like, where did that come from? Right. You know, and sometimes you have to go, where did that come from and why? Why did that? Like you can say a lot of really horrible things to me, especially sarcastically, because that's how like. I don't. You, but you could. Oh. <laughs> and I wouldn't take it offensively. Right. Oh, get, yeah, I get you. Because growing up, like my siblings and I, we were always sarcastic. We we're always making, picking on each other and stuff. Yeah. And that's like how we, that's how we showed love to each other. Right. It's really twisted, but that's kind of how we show love to each other. So if you were to be sarcastic with me, I might receive it like, well. Right. But if you say something, and I don't even know an example of it, but sometimes, you know, somebody will say something to me that's like a real trigger mm -hmm. and it wasn't even that bad. Right. You know? But it just hit a nerve. It yeah. just hit a nerve. And I think it's our responsibility to, I think it's our responsibility to number one, be very communicative to our significant other when we do understand a trigger or we do, we have a sensitive moment. And what's interesting about that is one of the biggest things, and you and I have talked about it in the podcast before, so I won't spend too much time on it, is my thing is trying to help people understand um, that we, we oftentimes just push things down. So half the time, we're not even aware of what's happening in our conscious state. We're only, we're actually living in our unconscious stories and we're living in our unconscious being, right? And so what's happening is we're not even, we're not even really aware when we have a, a dagger in our heart from what somebody just said, we just kind of get irritated and walk away and try and forget about it. So we try and resist the emotions. Good old avoidance. Good old avoidance. My best friend. The worst thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, I swear, I swear that the avoidance that you do today can bother you in 20 years. So you might as well not avoid it today, right? Yeah, I think it depends. I, I mean- What? Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> you don't with, have to agree with me. No, I, I do agree with you when it comes to like close relationships. Yeah. There are times, this just happened recently to me where I had a kind of a subordinate- kind of blow up at me mm. and mm -hmm. I didn't blow up back. Right. Um, and I kind of, I kind of beat myself up for it. Cause I'm, I'm like, dude, why didn't you like stand up for yourself? You know? And instead I avoided the confrontation. Yeah. You know? So I don't think it's the, it, it's not the same. I don't think that's what you're talking about. That's not the same. Thing. I was actually responding peacefully. I actually think you took your power back in a yeah, way. Yeah, well that's I, that's my yeah. point is that it you know you need to to define avoidance because <laughs> I avoided a fight that day. Well, but, we're obviously talking about emotion. Right. I'm just saying that like there are times that I have to avoid and I I'm a really good avoider. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I've been avoiding things my whole life. But. So what I'm talking about is avoidance in, a, in, in actual, like when we avoid our own emotion and our own sensitivity oh, okay. and our own yeah. triggers. Okay. When we avoid those things or when I didn't. Shove it now. I didn't even actually. Yes. It's <laughs> more about resist. When we resist these things. I was telling you the other day, what it happens is when we resist something, we actually sit in the, the most difficult part of resistance. Okay. The, the most difficult part of an, of an emotion is the first part, right? Okay. So the first part is we feel the emotion and that's the most difficult part. We're feeling it. We're in it. It's horrible. Nobody likes to be there. It's uncomfortable. The the, the thing of it is, though, is we need to look at emotions like, uh, like, a, a, like a rolling ball. We need to think of it as in as, as it rolls, it gets smaller and smaller until the emotion doesn't exist anymore. But the problem is, is we capture that ball right here at that highest amount of emotion. And so we sit in these really uncomfortable things. And the only way to get out of that is to stop resisting it. So you have to actually allow that emotion to come in and go, why here? Or just not even ask it questions. Just say, my new thing is I say, and I'm trying to teach our daughters this, is I accept this emotion that I'm feeling and I just accept it in the sense that <sighs> I just breathe it in, right? And I just accept this emotion. And what happens is watch and learn. I'm telling you, watch and try this because when you do this and you accept that emotion and you don't, you just tell yourself, I'm not going to resist this. I'm just going to accept it. It actually lets it just kind of fall through you. And so the, the thing of it is, is that we have to kind of make sure that we get through these emotions in order to be really good at communicating because if we resist things, then these things are the th things that are going to constantly come up in relationships, in communication, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we recognize that each of us, it is my responsibility to let you, Ben, know, hey, and in a, in a very nice and vulnerable way, you love that word vulnerable, but yeah. it, is, it is true, you, we have to be willing to be vulnerable with each other. And my vulnerability comes with me going, Hey Ben. So the reason that I actually am very sensitive to that is because of a, B and C. And I know that that doesn't make sense to you. And I know that you don't get it. Uh, and that's okay. Like I understand that, but can you just recognize that when I hear that, I am taking it differently than what you're saying. And I'm so sorry. I can't figure out why or, you know, whatever you, you need to say in order to explain. Yeah. You, but that's very advanced. <laughs> like being able to identify your feelings. Yeah. Why you're feeling them. And then also communicate that in a peaceful way. That's you're that's somebody who's very uh, in touch. Yeah. You know? I'm thinking about the people that are are living in a fortress. Right. That all they know is rage or anger mm -hmm. or sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you get through to that? Right. If, you know, a lot of people don't even know why they feel the way they do. They don't even know that they're feeling. So the first you know? thing, the first thing is, is, is self-awareness. 
Yeah. The first thing is always recognition. So if you start with recognition, you start with self-awareness, um, you don't have to go on to the other steps. That is the first, that is, that's Goliath to you. That is, you know, to, to the person who is in a fortress, to the person who is covered in armor. The first thing is awareness. Um, and the problem is, is that we, we, it's really uncomfortable because awareness is the most uncomfortable part. So I, I wish that people would understand that as, as you kind of walk through these steps, right, that they get easier and easier, you know, because the first part is the worst part. But it is the fact that, that when somebody has a bunch of armor around them, especially in a relationship, that makes it nearly impossible to create a healthy, committed, loving relationship because you have to have vulnerability in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, there's some people that I know that I've known for a long time that there's just, there's no cracking that code. Right. And it's like, okay, they've basically drawn a line in the sand. And until they're willing to to peel away some of those layers, like there's nothing else I can do. I, you... Right? As long as you've done your part, we are all only responsible for ourselves, right? right? We're all only responsible. So that's why I say the number one thing is it is my responsibility to tell you when I'm sensitive over something. But it is also my responsibility to make sure that in a relationship that I'm setting my boundaries as well. And so if somebody doesn't respond to those boundaries, then that's just toxic and you have to step away from that relationship because, um, you know, whether it be parenthood or, you know, what, whatever relationship it is, siblings and all that, um, friends, if you're in this relationship that's toxic because they're just not willing to, they're not willing to come to where you need, then you gotta, you gotta walk away from that. There's just no ifs and it can be hard, but you have to make sure, but we have to know ourselves. We have to know ourselves well enough to be able to set those boundaries. And so once again, you have to, that's the first step is to have recognition, you know, like start to become self-aware. And I think the biggest thing I can say with the small amount of time we have left is one of the things that everybody should be doing is start to ask ourselves why we're feeling something when we feel it. And the more we, the more we even realize, oh, am I feeling something? Wait, I think I am feeling something, right? And you start to kind of go, okay, am I feeling? If you want to have a good relationship with anyone, this is one of the first things that has to start. You have to start going, okay, am I? Yeah, I think I am. Okay, why? And we do, you have to start dealing with that and you have to start getting into that. But it is funny because a lot of people won't want to do that. But it yeah, is step one is already step one is already so hard. Well, that leaves you into so much more of like, you know, sabotage in your own self. Right. So we could go so long there. But I think this is good, though. I think we should leave it at this. You know, we've got these different little things that we kind of talked about. I mean, you and I have really worked on communicating, spent spending time with each other and really telling each other where we have our sensitive moments, you know, and why, and just kind of being vulnerable enough to say, Hey, this is why I'm having this sensitive moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a sensitive moment right now. <laughs> <laughs>
Why? Uh, because I'm tired of sitting in this chair. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we will be done. One of the things about Ben is that he cannot stand being uncomfortable. So we'll make sure to end that at this moment. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will see you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.